I am here with Mahina Angwai, Waimea High School principal, and today we're going to just be sharing about her journey and her story that got her into this position and the amazing work that she's been accomplishing over the years in transforming the school from um, a high school that was more traditional and comprehensive to something that's much more career focused and really pushing the edge um, in education in innovative ways. I want to start off with um, just the beginning of uh, your childhood and how you came to be on Kauai, the connection to Kauai, um, and a little bit about who you were as a kid growing up in school, like your interaction with the school environment. Okay. So my brothers and I uh, were born in LA and our parents moved us to Kauai kicking and screaming uh, when I was in the fourth grade. We didn't want to, we didn't want to come here. Um, but my um, dad had done a job on the Big Island that summer and he came home and he told my mom, we're moving. And my mom was a teacher. She just needed to go to school for that first day to get tenure in California, which I guess at the time was kind of hard to do. We just bought a house, um, but they packed up and uh, within a couple of weeks we were here right before school started. Um, and so it was a little rough coming from California where you, you know, we dressed for school and everything. I definitely remember going to Waimea Elementary on my first day wearing my Easter dress and my frilly um, socks with my Mary Jane sandals and uh, showing up in a class. Besides the fact I was so much taller than everybody in a class where kids were barefoot and wearing shorts and t-shirt. And I'm like, oh my God, where are, where are we? Um, but my brothers and I loved growing up in Waimea. We um, lived in teacher's cottages when we, the teacher's cottage which is now the neighborhood center when we first moved and my parents built a house which is directly across the street from my school and, and that's where I live now. Um, so we grew up around the school. We played, we rode our bikes around in the school. We played in the gym, we rode, we swam in the pool every day. We, played on the tennis courts. Um, so it's highly ironic that um, I'm back here because when I graduated, I couldn't wait to get away from here. Yeah. I was ever gonna come back. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, like you said, God has a sense of humor. Yes, yeah. Um, how, yeah, it's so interesting how it all circles back around. Tell me a little bit about um, the people who or what inspired you or shaped the journey a little bit towards education? So I come from a long line of educators, like a long line. My great grandmother was a vice principal and a teacher here at Waimea. My grandmother was the only English senior English teacher here for a while. My mom was a elementary school teacher down the road at Kekaha. All her sisters were teachers. My grandma's sisters were teachers. So um, I obviously went to school and did not want to be a teacher. I didn't want to be like them. So, um, but they're all such strong influences in my life. Strong, positive women, especially um, really strong. Um, and it was after, I mean, I went to school on a golf scholarship. So even though I originally wanted to, um, I, I, 
had wanted to uh, be a surgical nurse. Well, actually my dad wanted to be, me to be a surgical nurse, but none of the labs fit into my practice. So I, I graduated in journalism, which I enjoy, and a minor in um, US American history, which is so not marketable. In oh my gosh. Yes. Mm -hmm. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I think it's, it, it, after I had my daughter and it, we ran into some friends on Oahu who um, worked at Kamehameha schools and they told me about an opening that they had in the dorms and um, that they worked like when the kids, you know, they, they had a, a regular school type of schedule. And I had been uh, working at Kaiser. Um, I finished up school at, while I was working at Kaiser full time and I was actually considering, I was just about ready to go and get an MBA because I thought, oh, okay, I can do finance. Mm -hmm. And then we ran into them and I just had my daughter and I'm like, okay, I, I don't know that I really want to stay in an office. And then I went, did the interview, I got hired and that really changed uh, my life because I, I found out that I liked kids and I was pretty good at what I did. I loved, um, I loved being in boarding. Um, I was in charge literally of um, in the middle school. I had 52 kids at the high school. I had 65 uh, girls and like you, you're, you're their parent, you're their counselor, you're their teacher. You have them, 20, you know, you're responsible for them 24 seven. There's a lot that can happen. So the good part about it is um, by the time my old two girls were growing up, it was like I hadn't really seen anything that they could throw at me that I hadn't already seen. So, and they got to grow up in a very, um, really great nurturing environment on campus at Kamehameha. Lots of, lots of experiences that I, I don't think we would have had otherwise. Mm -hmm. um, and they grew up with, surrounded by young girls and women who were pretty focused. So and my oldest daughter went to Kamehameha. Wow. So it was, it was a really, it was a great, that, that was, that was an awesome thing. That was huge. It also allowed me the time to go back to school. Um, and at, at that time, I, my oldest daughter was doing Hawaiian immersion. So I went back and I, I was thinking, okay, I, I did a lot of changing around. I was thinking I was going to get a certificate um, in Indo-Pacific languages and be a Hawaiian language teacher. Wow. Yeah, that didn't work out. Um, and then uh, my husband and I got divorced, so I moved off campus and went to the Department of Ed um, as a SPED teacher. I got hired by Catherine Payne, who's the principal at um, Farrington, and wow. she's now the um, chair of the Board of Education. So mm -hmm. she picked me up. She's another really strong influence and helped guide me um, through my transition from private, very, uh, a school that has anything and everything that you could ever want available mm -hmm. to a school right, right down the hill that, um, you know, completely different, like worlds apart. And yeah. um, I loved it though. I love the kids. I love the people that I worked with. And I, like I found myself again and so I got um, certified in special ed. I got a master's in curriculum. 
and Miss Payne allowed me to do my um, project. Uh, I created uh, with a friend. We created a, a freshman academy, like a freshman academy hui that was fully inclusion. Mm. Um, so we had SPED students, ELL students, and we had two teachers in a class. And so we, um, I think. I think I'm pretty sure they still have it going um, this many years later that just to help students transition more successfully yeah. into high school. Yeah. Wow. And she, she pushed me into admin after that. Um, wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Oh my goodness. So it sounds, it's wild to hear about how that one job opening or opportunity changed Everything. That right, everything it led to a whole new direction and environment and an experience and education. Right. Otherwise, I think I'd be in finance right now. Yeah. <laughs> hating it, totally. Hating well, it. Totally different. Yeah, totally different. Tell me, tell me a little bit about um, you know going through this and these different projects that you're talking about, these different opportunities. What? How did these show you some of the strengths that you saw where you, you realized, wow, I'm good for this or I'm made for this and continued your path towards adding more education or seeking new opportunities? I think um, along the way, I, I've been extremely fortunate and blessed to have had people guide me. Um, I, I think in many ways I was at the right place at the right time. Um, it didn't seem like it at the time. Um, like I said, I wasn't thinking about it until just now when I was talking about it. Like I, I did a lot of zigzagging, like I shifted. Um, I went back to play golf too about that time and I was playing really well. Like I was winning tournaments. I'm like, hey, maybe I should do this again. I'm like, no. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think uh, because I I'd done a lot of things and um, I had encouragement, and then there were successes along the way. It just encouraged it, it encouraged me. And, and then I think the other part too is that um, I I I know I'm driven. Like I'm driven. Um, yeah. I even with, with everything on my plate, when I was going back to school and I was a sing, single parent, I was working two jobs, I still made straight A's. I, that was super important to me. So um, when I, yeah, I've always, when I switched from Kamehameha to um, the DOE, and I could really see the disparity between up the hill and down the hill. Yeah. Tons of Hawaiian kids at Farrington that, for one reason or another, they just, they weren't fortunate enough to be catching the bus up the hill yeah. as opposed to below the hill. And I think that whole idea of equity and trying to figure out how um, to, I don't know, level the playing field, but build supports where it was needed so that, um, because sometimes that's all people need is just a little bit of a support, a leg up for mm -hmm. them to get moving. and and to be exposed and to be provided opportunities and the right supports and the right people around them. And then they just, they take off, you mm -hmm. know? So I think it's kind of the same thing. Um, so that was my, in the DOE and um, the first school that I went to as a training VP was Pu'uhale. 
really, I went from the largest school to the smallest school in our complex. But um, just being down at that small school on Nimitz and seeing um, what my what my high school kids look like 12 years earlier and their families and, and seeing how they learn and seeing the environment they came from again, you know, like I did home visits one time to a one bedroom apartment. There were 20 people. Oh my gosh. So I think it just, that, that has just been um, like this, I don't know, my, a fire in, mm -hmm. um, for me. And I think as a principal too, I think that's um, my first few years when I was here, I was able, Mr. Arakaki, who was a CAS at that time, let me write for supplemental funds for, with the superintendent and those funds um, helped us to start to bridge some, some gaps. And, you know, cause I was, it is, it's different when you're on a neighbor island, um, our students don't have the opportunities readily mm -hmm. to see or be exposed to things. And this was pre COVID. It's a little bit, there's some differences now, but you know, even, even if I wanted to send a teacher to professional development it, on Oahu, you know, and it never thought about it until I moved home uh, on Oahu, you just teachers just jump in a car. Maybe the, you get, have to reimburse the teacher for parking. If it's at, you know, if it's down in Waikiki or something mm -hmm. here, it's like, it's this whole process, right? I have to put them on a plane. We got to get a car, mm -hmm. you know, we gotta do the parking over there. It's, it's, getting up at 4 a.m. in the morning here to get to, you know, the airport on time. And by the time you come home, it's a long day. It's 4 a.m. to 7.30, as opposed to on Oahu. And you start to really see that. Um, and then you think about how how this plays out over time mm -hmm. in the community. You know, it, it, I don't say it got, I was angry, but I was... You can see it though. You can see the gap, right? The need of, and, and the setback that can happen, right? It has, it's a higher cost to go after this development. Right. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I think for me, it was super important to start to build relationships with people and to, um, that could help us. Mm -hmm. um, I, you know, one thing that has been consistent through all of this is that I have an incredible staff here that is devoted to the work that we're doing. Like they, mm -hmm. they get it that um, from teachers to the custodians, to the office staff, they all understand that we all play this critical role in, in helping get our kids to the finish line because the finish line of, of graduation here is just the starting line, you know, yeah. it's just, but we got to get them at least there so that they can start the real race. Yes. You know? I think yeah. it's understanding all of that and um, making sure, try to make sure that I communicate that well. And when I hire people, I tell them, you know, I'm, this is, we're much more than a school. You yeah. know, we are about changing our community, transforming our community. And if that speaks to you, then this is the right school. I'm, I'm never going to be able to pay for all the hours that you're going to put in. Yeah. But if you are into the idea that, you know, that this is, this is how, this is our legacy. This is how people are going to remember that us, that this is the work that we've done, then this is the place to be. Yeah. 
It sounds like the, your strengths of having an inner fire that can drive you in the face of challenges and your ability to see where the need is strongest and then having the steps in place of building the relationships, looking at alternative avenues and having the people around you that can help build, like fill that in. And I love that you talk about, I think a lot of times, you know, many of us just think, oh, principal, and we just think about the kids that they're responsible for, but understanding that you're responsible also for the teachers and the, all the other staff that makes the school happen, that they all need to be fostered, cultivated, cared for, heard, seen. That's yeah. such a big role that you're playing, you know, to um, influence that effort, guide that effort, set an example, um, and the importance of having others see the vision that you see in order to carry it forward. I love that. Can can you tell us a little more just, and I, I don't know how hard this question is to answer, but a typical day in the life <laughs> of when school's in session, um, just to share a little bit about maybe the diversity of what can happen in a single day for you, just kind of a brief um, experience. First, I, gotta get out of the house. First, I gotta get out of the house. We have yeah. kids that live with us. Oh so my gosh. Of the door getting all of us out the door without me tearing somebody's head off or mm -hmm. somebody forgetting water bottles or snacks or signing papers or whatever it is out the door just yesterday i was screaming running around where's my keys where's my keys and my granddaughter goes in the car she's like grandma you left it in the car <laughs> um, you know tearing into school like right two minutes before my first zoom meeting i don't like to start my day off like that but sometimes it happens mm -hmm. so yeah, I don't know. School, when school is session, like a regular day, um, I like to be here earlier because teachers come in early. Sometimes we always have kids who are here super early. And mm -hmm. so it's a, it's a quieter time. It's time when people can come in and, and talk to me or, you know, if there's something that's going on, they want to let me know about. Because oh, once the day starts, it's pretty hectic. Um, yeah. There's always stuff that comes up. You know, there's there's meetings, there's construction, there's um, planning, there's going into classes, there's, you know, putting out fires, literally. Um, but I enjoy it. And then really, I think I get a lot of my work work done after school when it's when it really does quiet down and um, phones not ringing. Um, I can actually probably get to my email or, you know, start to work on projects. Um, yeah, it's kind of like that. Go home, yeah. try to be home now. I'm, especially with the kids, I try and be home to make sure that we're eating dinner at a halfway decent hour. If they, they have sports and Tyco and they're doing all kinds of stuff. So it's between my husband and I running around and making sure that gets done. We also have my mom who lives in the back with, in um, back of us. So it's kind of juggling all of that and then juggling juggling school. Uh, but, you know, my family's kind of used to Friday nights or, you know, if it's football season, we love going to like the stadium, 150 stadium, watching the kids. Or, you know, the, a lot of our activities are whatever is happening at school. So it kind of can kill two birds with one stone. Mm -hmm. You know, it sounds kind of how it's kind of the way of uh, weaving the two together yeah I think what do they call it like a twofer I think anytime you can get a couple things done with one action that's the yeah. secret secret yeah. sauce right of yeah, absolutely. surviving 
Um, we, so, you know, in some of the stuff that I've read, I, it talks about, you've shared about the high school becoming a original future ready school. So can you talk about that and a little bit about how you're in some ways, um, is it fair to say maybe redefining the role of principal or, or pushing some of these boundaries that haven't been pushed before in relationship to transitioning this high school? Um, I, I think, um, so because I was at Farrington with Ms. Payne, Ms. Payne is, Ms. Payne is awesome. She, she is, was as a principal is a, a great visionary. Um, she, she allowed me to travel and do some professional development. So when I went into admin as a VP and I, and I was, and I was at a couple of schools and even as I was going through this process, um, through my, through my classes, through my conferences, I started to um, kind of think about what I thought school should look like, you know, and a lot of, a lot of reading. And then again, it's just kind of building this network of people. And, and I was able to, when I was a VP at Coy High School, Mrs. Smith, my principal at the time, sent me to um, a conference in Tennessee, it's the NCAC um, National Coalition of Academy Schools, or mm -hmm. National, ugh, don't even ask me, sorry, NCAC. <laughs> And that's where I saw what I thought high school should really be like. And so it's driven by pathways. It's it's smaller learning communities. Uh, kids are grouped according to um, their you know their pathway. The teachers work together closely. It's a whole. It's a system. It's it's really a different way of looking at school. You have early college courses that line up to all of this, mm -hmm. um, and and so I had that idea and when I came here um, that's what I talked about you know a school that's driven by the pathways and it, it took a while for it to kind of for people to kind of understand um, what I was talking about and that I wasn't loony um, but over time you know I, I tried to do the same thing that Miss Payne did um, you take people with you to see what it is that you want uh -huh. you bringing in the you keep bringing in these these people to talk to teachers and and help support them um, because you know all of all of us teachers especially secondary we're, we're pretty much content focused and like in our classrooms like this is my kingdom don't but opening side removing silos and opening doors and getting people to, to talk and to to be more open um, that's the change and, and all always with the idea that this is what's best for kids. It's, it's always what's best for kids. And, and then really over time, you know, you, you start like you start with smaller group, a smaller core group of people, early adapters, and then you, you push and then you go to the next group and, and, you know, as teachers talk and, and things move, and then you start to move the needle a little bit more and move it a little bit more. And, and then pretty soon you create this, you know, this, this movement. Yeah. Um, and then the other year, like my freshman academy group of teachers, they made national, they made model academy, only the second freshman academy in the country to do that. And the first one wow. in Hawaii. So, you know, and, and it, at our school, it's just like, okay, it's doable. So over the last two years, it's just, it's moving our upper academies so that we, so we align. 
And then now that it, now that we're aligning this way, it's making sure now that we align better with KCC and we align better with the feeder schools, you know, all the way down. And so it's this whole K through 16 construct, you know, mm -hmm. like the, the smoother we can make transitions along the way for kids and then, then we stop losing them. Yeah. And so I think, you know, it's been, like I said, I've been really fortunate to have staff that um, have, they understand, they've bought into this process. It's hard work. Like yeah. it's super hard work. I'm asking them to, like for many of them, to, like to completely flip, right? What they've done or how they've thought. Um, and and it's, it's not been completely easy. It's And it's still a process. I mean, like we're still we will continuously go through it um but that's that's kind of the cool piece too you know that's always we're always moving we're always growing and i think i think that's a big piece um and as being one of the selections for the governor's gear innovation grant um, just found out about it um and so for me, school has to be more than what happens here between eight and three. Learning should never be defined by the walls, physical walls. It should not be, it, it should be open, it should be fluid. Um, you don't only learn in school. Hawaiians have a little noyao for that. Um, it's just trying to figure out within the system of the department how to make things work. And and I, I I know I I frustrate my account clerk sometimes and my sasa and um, because I do I push and mm -hmm. I try and figure out through I, I figured out you know I have to have grant partners I have to have other people who um, like Hawaii Community Foundation or Castle Foundation who are willing to give me money um to push to see how it how it works and how it plays out and mm -hmm. for that i'm super thankful and like i said we've been blessed because it's it's with that kind of money that we were able to do some other some other things that we may not have not may not we would not have otherwise been able to do yeah so. yeah i love um you mentioned the context the k through 16 I've always heard just K through 12th and you said K through 16 and, and I realize you're talking about the college years, right? Yeah. yeah. That that's part of the context of education for the kids in, in the system right now. And, and I say 16 uh, because 16 to me is just really post high school. It could mm -hmm. be college. It could be a four-year college. For some, it's maybe a two-year college. For some, it may be going into military. For some, it could be like, I, I'm just going to go work. I'm going to work. And then maybe a few years later, they may go back. Yeah. But, it's all, all of this, sorry, I hit backwards. All of this K through 12 part is really, like I said, the getting them to the graduation finish line is really just the starting line. If we don't yeah. do this part well, then this is just, it's, it's gonna be difficult. And yeah. it becomes difficult not only for the student, but the student, the family, and eventually the community because there's far reaching consequences yeah. to all of that. And so, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's really stuff that keeps me up at night. Yeah. When you when you talk about the support and funding that you're so grateful for, how does that how does funding open up new doors 
for what you want to try? Is it is it e equipping the staff you have on hand? Is it, you know, what are the avenues? So I think a lot of that has allows us to do um, travel. It allows us to do professional development. It allows us to bring in people. It allows us to get equipment. It allows us to, you know, get subscriptions to things. All the things that I cannot afford with the regular state money, that's by computers. Like being one of the first future ready schools, that was huge. I really felt like we needed to early on from the very one of the first few years, like really switch over and figure out how to use utilize technology because as a small school on a small neighbor island, that really is the way to leverage and to um, kind of take away some of the inequities so that we could bring in um, the rest of the world to our kids and share share things with them. We may not be able to physically take people to these places, but we could we could open up open up more avenues or yeah. like at least expose mm -hmm. and that was important yeah yeah it's really true oh my goodness i love all of it so good um share with us a little bit about what makes you come alive mahina <laughs> um i think seeing seeing growth in our school seeing um teachers watching teachers um embrace this new way of doing school because it was hard super hard and then taking the leadership role um so i'm able to step back more and more because at some point i will you know i'm going to retire teachers will always be here and i tell them that that you know you have to be able to lead the school. So it really won't matter who comes in uh, and after me, because you guys will have the systems in place to continue to grow and push what we're starting. And um, because I really believe it's what's best for school and more and more Hawaii high schools are now part of what we call the Hawaii academies. We started off with a small group, honestly, like maybe eight of us. And I think at our last meeting it was like 20 something. So out of 33 or 35 Hawaii high schools. So more and more are moving to this academy model where if we have a freshman academy, then we have two uppers. So tech and design and then health, natural resources and human services. So kids kids take a foundation course and then they start to move up and they, they learn and they're enjoying it. And the idea is that the teachers, English teachers are trying to weave in, you know, support to that. Like they're trying to read more about health or they're trying to read more about, you know, like a design piece in the classroom. Mm -hmm. We're trying to cohort the kids into these classes. So they're at the same um, pathways to make it easier for teachers to do that. Mm -hmm. Academy now has a dedicated counselor, um, at, um, lead teacher and an um, administrator. So so we have, we have a school, but it's almost like we also have three simultaneously running mini, mini schools. <laughs> we want kids to feel comfortable and connected mm -hmm. to this place. And, yeah. and then that also speaks to this other part because we are part of a place. I think also I need to, I want to do a better job of, of us with place-based learning and and kids understanding how we fit in 
not only to Waimea and Kauai and Hawaii, but the world. And, and but having a really solid foundation and understanding of of this place. Yeah. You know, so it's a lot of juggling moving parts, but I wouldn't I, I would not be able to do it if I did not have the support that I have at the school. And say that till I'm blue in the face. Um, <laughs> they they get it and they are pushing they push me and I I I think it's um I'm happy we're at we're you know like I said this past year was was brutal yeah. but you know as we're looking forward to this year and returning to face to face um I know there's things that we're gonna have to do we starting like all over again mm-hmm. but I'm also really looking forward to um how are, how are we going to utilize say like this innovation grant to start really pushing this idea of how do we work how do we extend school how how do we work better with community partners how do we work better with kcc why can't they be here more you know yeah. um, why can't we go down younger why can't kcc be down younger and, mm-hmm. and then how do we reach out to the families so that it's an automatic as kids are coming up on the West complex or any complex, they're already thinking like, you know, Hey, uh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'll get these certificates when I'm in high school. I'll take these early college classes. Maybe I'll do a year at KCC before I go out or maybe I'll, I'll go the JROTC route. You know, they, they're thinking earlier as opposed to later about what the plans are. And then, I think for us, it's also one of my teachers this morning just had a great idea about how to utilize um, some of our our space on campus to bring in some of our feeder schools so that physically they come, whether they're taking part in part of our pathways earlier, you know, they they see themselves here earlier and they see themselves past high school Mm -hmm. with a purpose. Oh my gosh. I love that. I love that. Um, I love how you talk about um, that people are seeing themselves in the next step and opening up different options. So there's time to think through that and strategically plan for kids to either have the exposure and then recognize, oh, this is where I want to go. And um, each step providing more opportunities and options for them, which is really incredible um, for the youth on our co-op and on our island. Uh, I want to wrap up just with this question. Um, you're such a strong and driven woman, and yet you're so humble. I love listening to you share just the ideas you have in the process that you've gone through. It's so inspiring, uh, for, for so many women out there, they have a vision and they're on a journey that faces a lot of challenges, um, especially when they see an opportunity for change for the better. And what advice would you offer to them? Or is there some quote that, um, or wisdom that you live by that has helped you continue through the obstacles, the challenges, because you see the, the greater vision? I mean, you're definitely a visionary person. I think, um, I, I don't necessarily have a quote or I think um, when I used to work at Kamehameha, um, we had this thing called DRAC, 
So it was like a student council of boarders. And one thing that they constantly talked about at Clearman, and, and I think it's really, I think it's driven me because I realized how, how fortunate I've been in my own life. It's this idea that um, we're given much and much is expected from us to give back. Um, that, that is our kuleana. And so I, I don't think of it necessarily as a burden or responsibility. I think of it as like, it's, it's, a, it's something that I'm lucky to be able to do, you know, I, I, when I was younger, I, I was actually really frustrated because I was like, I couldn't figure out what I was good at. Um, like I, I wanted to be like really good at, at like one thing. Um, but I realized as I got older, kind of lucky, I was kind of good at a couple of things, or maybe more than a couple of things. And and I, I'll be honest, my faith is what's really gotten me through most of this. There was a time when I was like the complete opposite and I fought God for years till I finally realized that uh, that wasn't working. Um, it wasn't necessarily always my plan, but I think it's always been his plan to mm -hmm bring me back here, throw a, pardon my language, a shitload of obstacles in my path along the way and kind of help me um, work it out and learn from all those experiences. And, and the whole time though, the whole time, always, always providing me with strong people along the way to help me. And I realize that that's that's my that's what i need to be able to that's what i want to do that's what i'm driven to do is to create a place where kids will come and there are adults who will be that person to give them that hand up or that encouraging word or we will be able to provide something that may just be that piece to get you through It is so wonderful to hear your whole story and all the pieces, how they go together. Uh, thank you so much for sharing, Mahina. It's been so good to listen to this whole story. I love it.